Welcome to Anti-Aging Unraveled with Dr. Lori Gerber. The body is one of the most complicated systems in the universe. Dr. Gerber and her guests explore integrative medicine and cosmetic dermatology, combining traditional medicine, alternative health practices, new innovations, and technology, which work together to help you look and feel natural and age gracefully. Now, here is your host, Dr. Lori Gerber. And hello, everybody. This is Dr. Lori. I'm uh, bringing you another episode of Anti-Aging Unraveled. And uh, this evening, we'll be talking about really how the face ages. And this is, you know, what I do every day, and I get really excited about it, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to try to bring you uh, almost an hour of of what happens to our face. And it is is quite awful to think about, to be honest. And um, my goal at the end of this is for everyone to understand what our capabilities are um, to change things, make you look more youthful, and what we really don't have um, the option to change. Okay. So, you know, I feel like people come in all the time and they ask me for certain things and there's, there's all, there's certain things I can't change. So, um, that being said, I would love to start by reading a quote that I, um, read while I was doing some research for this. And it was the process of losing facial volume is gradual, similar to that of a ripe, moist grape shrinking in a dryer like wrinkled raisins. As time passes, the fresh, firm, and full grape loses moisture and volume, and this volume loss causes the surrounding skin or pulp of the fruit to sag and wrinkle. I know, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. But when we really think about the aging process, and I, in my office, we talk about all the time how we're just going to fight it the best we can and the most natural way we can because I'm all about looking natural and not fake. And I think that's really important when we talk about what's been done in the past to make you look better versus what we have at our disposal right now. And um, most of you are listening um, to this on the radio and on podcasts, but um, you can also go to my website, mydrlori.com, M-Y-D-R-L-O-R-I.com, because I will do... um, some uh, kind of explaining with my face and my hands. So if it if it uh, seems like it's something you want to do, go on there and you can see the video as well. Um, but I think I'm going to give you some patient examples and tell you what's happening to them over time and what we can do. And we have a, what we call the triangle of youth. And um, again, that triangle of youth, I'm pointing to my face for those of you that can't see, is a triangle where the base is across the top of the eyes or the cheeks and it comes to a point um, down by the chin. And if you think about that in direction, we're really just kind of lifting the face up. Everything is moving towards the broader part of the triangle, which is the top of the triangle near your cheeks or your eyes. And when we age, we tend to flip that triangle. And I actually call it um, what I call it as shadows or downturns or sad spots. Um, but really, if we take that triangle and turn it upside down, And now the point um, becomes the top and the base becomes your chin or your jawline. Now we have all the wideness or the the jowly or the wide features kind of hanging down towards the bottom and the eyes are obviously narrower and and less defined. So I always talk about that flipping of the triangle um, in youth and that's really what happens over time. So let me give you a couple patient examples. Um, Patient comes in probably in her mid to late 40s, and says to me, um, I want, my eyelids are sagging. I have loss of, you know, eyelid, I'm getting it covering my eye. I'm getting these crow's feet on the corners. And even some maybe creeping or crinkling underneath the eye. And, um, you know, please fix it, right? That's the question. What can you do to fix this? And but I want to look natural, right? I have to look natural. So, um, I think that's a good intro to maybe talk a little bit about skin. And we're going to divide this into four four segments. It's skin, um, musculature, fat, and bone. And yes, all four age and all four can create what we would call this downturn or flipping of the triangle. And obviously, I can't or we can't do a lot about the latter, the the bone changes, right? So um, I think to really understand what's going on, we need to understand all four parts. So let's start with skin, guys. So skin is broken down into three parts. I'm going to make this really easy. We've done a lot of uh, biology-heavy 
radio shows late, lately. So epidermis, dermis, and and what we would call sub-Q or everything that's underneath the dermis. And why is that important? Well, there's three layers there and there's really three layers that age. So, you know, when we talk about the skin aging, we're going to talk about color, we're going to talk about texture and thickness, and we're going to talk about moisture and hydration, right? So what damages the skin the most? We have texture, color, right? Um, we talk about that raisin, that crinkly feeling. And the problem with the raisin, if you will, is it's been exposed to the sun. And the sun is the single greatest factor that will um, cause aging. And we do know this at this point to be true. But there's obviously other genetic factors. There's um, your, your just your predisposition, um, how well you take care of your skin, how well you stay hydrated, um, the color of your skin, right? We do know that um, pigment does create some, some protection. And, you know, you can take a look at this. Look at your parts of your body that aren't exposed to the sun and look at the parts that are. People that have had bangs their whole life, what happens? They get this nice, smooth forehead um, without freckles or sun damage and the rest of their face has it. Or if you look at your backside or if you don't wear a bikini and you look at your belly, it's the same thing. Um, we know that the sun affects fair skin more than darker skin. Pigment is very protective. So that's kind of what we're talking about with color. What happens over time? Well, unfortunately, the cells that make our pigment, which are in the epidermis, they actually um, start to decrease. So what happens, have you guys ever seen, and I know I have on my legs when they get tan, which is not that often, but white circles or white spots. And that's basically these pigment cells that have stopped producing. They're, they've actually decreased. And the actual cells that stay increase in size. So those melanocytes, those pigment producing cells that actually stick around get bigger. And what happens is we get those horrible liver spots and dark spots and pigmented areas that we never had before. And by the same token, the outer layer of the skin, the epidermis, that little outer shell, gets thinner. And we all know this, right? We all know that over time, you know, you look at your grandparents, you look at your parents, and their skin gets so thin and crepey and the layers of cells actually stay the same, the actual layers, but the cell, the whole actual um, cell gets smaller. So they, the whole layer gets smaller. So even though the, the number of cells remains actually the same. So what happens? Your skin looks thinner, paler, um, more translucent. You can see all these changes in color that you might not have seen before. And, you know, that leathery kind of beaten down appearance can happen from sun which is called elastosis. And you can start to see the blood vessels underneath the skin as well because it's so thin. So, you know, when we look at texture and tone and color and thickness, we can say that, you know what, we can fix some of those things by lasers. Um, we can start to create increase some of the elasticity, decrease some of the sun damage, get rid of some of the color. Um, but we can also help you with hydration because the sebaceous glands actually in women decrease a lot earlier than men. And with menopause, we lose a lot of moisture very early on. Men actually, believe it or not, don't lose it till almost 80 or above. So um, another downfall to being a woman. Um, but I think what you'll see is that we can, we can do a lot with lasers anymore. We can really start to plump up that skin and get it hydrated, get it resurfaced, make it look a lot smoother um, and a lot younger, because remember, even skin tone and texture brings youth. Um, it's one of those things where you'd look at a baby and, you know, you look at your little kids and they just have this smooth, soft, supple skin. And hydrofacial is another way to get a lot of moisture into the skin over time because we can keep forcing this water hydration um, by with a machine that's just kind of sucks out all the impurities and pushes it back in. So without kind of belaboring that point, um, skin changes can give you some elastic changes early on on the eyelids and on the cheek and maybe even down around the chin or the jowl right underneath the neck. So um, believe it or not, you can help yourself by doing a low sugar diet because um, low sugar will actually um, 
help to stop what we call glycation glycation end products, which are AGEs. And AGEs are basically um, sugar with mixed with fat and protein. And what happens is that stays in the tissue and actually will negatively affect the collagen and elastic tissue that you're creating. So a low sugar diet um, will actually help your skin texture and tone. And obviously by the same measure, a high sugar diet will um, affect and negatively affect your skin tone. I And I ask, get asked this question a lot and about collagen supplementation and, and if it works, if it doesn't. And I think the biggest thing to understand is there's not a lot of data to support um, whether or not we can absorb collagen orally. However, if you get a good quality collagen, collagen one and collagen three, as a, I would say, as a hydrolyzed collagen powder, you're going to find that you have a much better chance of it getting in. Um, and you're always going to do yourself a service by taking that and maybe even using some hyaluronic acids at the same time, which basically helps to make collagen as well. So if we do these things, if we get these things topically onto our skin, like a topical collagen peptide cream, which um, I love, I do offer one, um, called biopeptide cream, or it's a growth factor cream, those will all help to get down into the deeper layers of skin and create more collagen. And that's the goal, right? We want to kind of pull everything back towards that triangle point up at the top. So my lady that has her eyelid sagging and maybe has a little bit of neck creping and a little bit of pulling down around her jawline and her, and her what we call the corners of her mouth, you can do a lot with Botox. We can Botox the crows. We can Botox the muscle that pulls down the corner of the mouth. We can actually Botox under the neck. And that will soften the what I call crinkling or the, the negative muscle pull in that direction. So we can stop some of what we call rhinitids or small little fine lines around the eyes by using Botox to stop it and pull the eye open and give it a much more open appearance. So that skin, I think a lot of you know skin um, probably inside and out. I think the more interesting part is the lady that comes to me and says, she's probably in her 50s, maybe maybe late 40s, but 50s. And she says the folds around her nose to her mouth are getting really deep. And she wants that fixed. She can't look at anything else but that fold. Okay. And what I love to say is that, well, babies have folds that are deeper than that. So why is that fold bothering you, right? Why does that that crease around our, our nose to our mouth bother us? And it's really not the actual fold, right? So it is the loss of volume around that fold. So I'm going to get back to that in a second. So I want to talk about what 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 happens when you know we use muscles over and over? You know, when we're a baby, we don't use our muscles as much, right? We're 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 young. We're not. We don't have age behind us. But when we get into our forties and fifties, and we do this and move our muscles over and over, and I always say fold the piece of paper over and over and over, we get lines. And those muscles do one of two things: they either get stronger underneath the skin. So in between the eyes, you get those angry lines and those muscles get really prominent or they get, um, they actually cause what we call rhinitids or fine lines because they keep creasing that piece of paper. So they've been used so much and the skin becomes so inelastic that when you fold it over and over again, it starts to stay there at rest. And that's where muscle comes into play in this whole um, story. And when we, we talk about smile lines People have one or two two problems with them, either the depth or that when they smile, that they're there when they're not smiling, meaning they're there at rest. And again, I can't make your smile muscle weaker without necessarily changing your smile. I can use Botox in between your eyes to shrink that down and make those muscles better. But And I can even do that, like I said, in the neck or under the chin. But around the mouth is a tricky thing to keep it looking natural and looking like who you are. Um, so there are some ways that we can, what I call, trick the eye. And that has to do with treating some of the other areas around the fold. Um, we can go into some of the folds at rest and just fill them in with fillers. Or we can start to treat some of the areas that start to fall volume-wise, which are kind of your fat pads, right? They're all the things that are I joke, I call them the tent poles. They're holding your face up 
And, you know, when we talk about older facelifts, and I think this is where we really had a paradigm shift probably in the last 15 years, maybe even 10 years, is we talk about these women that have this tight face, looks very unnatural, and they're windswept. They look very funny, right? They have this almost like cat appearance. Everything is pulled back. And really, I think that is because we were treating what I would say is more gravity, you know, things falling down or skin elasticity, things coming down and, and maybe not having the, um, the same elastic recoil and pull that they did. So really, they were working primarily with just kind of lifting skin instead of thinking about volume, right? We're, we've Loss of volume is why the majority of the skin that you have is hanging in places where you didn't have it before. So, you know, the windswept look of the past, and if you go back to one of my older radio shows um, where we talked with a, a plastic surgeon about how things have changed, that windswept look has really kind of gone by the wayside. You know, if you pull that skin tight, um, you know, you're not going to get that cheruby, baby, puffy, beautiful, youthful face. You're just going to get that windswept, tight, strange, alien look, in all honesty. So let's kind of, let's talk a little bit about the fat pads. And that's really where I think filler comes into play. So you can think about the face in three regions, the upper face, the mid face, and the lower face. And, you know, we talked about this lady in the beginning with her crow's feet, and maybe she's complaining about some under eye um, bags, right? Or loss of volume where it looks like it's deep. Well, we lose the fat pads in a lot of areas, right? So we can lose it around our eye. We can actually, believe it or not, lose it a little bit in our forehead. It gets thinner. We can lose it in our temples. We can lose it in our our jawline and around our jawline. We can lose, lose fat, actually, believe it or not, in between your eyes around your mouth. And probably the most important is right in the front by the cheek. Um, we call that the malar cheek pad. And then we have these areas that get bigger, these fat pads that get larger. And everybody hates these, right? They're usually um, the, the stuff that hangs around the, the fold around the nose to the mouth. And there's the jowly area. And then there's actually um, a little fat pad or pouch under the eye. And so, and there's one little fat pad actually in the front of the cheek that will actually stick around when all the rest of the areas atrophy a little bit or shrink um, on the malar fat pad as well. So, when we look at the aging face, you can you can you can actually put a mother and daughter. And actually, I wish I had be able to put these pictures up for you. Um, I'll try to put them up online for you. But if you look at a mother and daughter next to each other, what you start to see is all these negative shadows. You see shadows under the eye. You see a shadow coming down from the divot in the middle of her cheek. You see the fold in between her nose and her mouth getting a little bit deeper. And you see the downturn on the mouth. So these areas are what I like to call those negative deflection points or the sad areas. And they are literally fat pad loss. So you have your malar fat pad in the front of your cheek. That actually will slide down. When that slides down, that lady that's complaining to me about these deep folds in between her nose and her mouth, that's where they came from. So instead of telling me, hey, can you fill these up with filler? I get that all the time where can you fill up these folds with filler? Really the answer is can you, or the, the request should be, can you bring my cheek back up so that I don't have this overhang on my deep fold? Because let's think about a baby's face. Yes, they have folds, but they have these big, chubby, nice, round cheeks. And not that everybody wants chubby, round cheeks, but everybody has volume loss in the, in the um, mid-cheek. So the key to filling in a deep crease is really not really filling it in at all. It's correcting the structures underneath that you've lost to bring that up. And the way to check that for you guys at home is to push on the fold in between your nose and your mouth and look to see where your skin moves above it. You're going to see this little volume or little pop of skin pop up. And usually that is in a spot where it almost looks like you're getting a downturn or a deficit, meaning volume loss. So that is where you've lost the volume and it's ending up down at your um, fold. So 
obviously there's other places on the cheek to lose volume. There's the upper lateral cheek, which is kind of up by your high cheekbone. The temples are really um, a big one for thin women or even after menopause. We do a lot of temporal filling with, um, and temples are actually right next to your eyes um, when you can start to see the little veins or you see the indentation. And that can be filled with filler. So whether it's Juvederm or Voluma, um, you can actually fill that pretty easily and get a really nice effect. It's a very youthful, you get these nice smooth contours of light when you start to fix that. And, you know, I think around the eye is probably a little trickier and we're going to talk about why, but there's also bone changes that happen that are a little harder to fix around the eye. So, but if we're talking about under eye, we can fill the under eye area with a thinner filler. Um, I like to use Bellatero, but um, there's definitely other fillers that go under there on the market. And that will get rid of what I call the indentation or the loss of the fat pad under the eye. And even if you have a little fat pad left, we can go around that fat pad. So there is some concealing of um, existing areas, meaning I can kind of work around it and maybe make it look a lot less drastically hollow. And, you know, that is a big complaint for females. And it happens, it's different ethnic groups definitely are more prone to that than others. And that is because of one skin color, um, because darker skin types happen to have a a more vascular, more stronger appearing vasculature underneath the eye. But also what you're going to find is that different bone structures um, are affected more. So we're going to kind of get to that at the end. So let's talk about the jowl area and, and what happens down there. So Again, if you take your jawline and really just bring it up to where your cheek probably is, everybody does that to me when they walk in. They give me those two fingers and the sides of their cheeks and they go, I just want this. And they pull it up really subtly and they give me that very subtle lift. And what they're telling me is that in literally showing me, to be honest, is that they've lost their anterior or malar cheek pad. They've lost their lateral, part of their lateral cheek pad. And they have a little extra fat pad down by their jawline. And what happens is, again, if you just try to fix what we call these jowl or marionette lines, which is a line that's from your mouth to your chin, and we just try to fill it, I always say you're making the bottom of that upside down triangle bigger. You're really making it broader and wider and more puffy. And in reality, we want to make it look slimmer and try to bring it back up. So yes, do we fill in a little bit of that creasing marionette area? Yes. We do it more so because the bones are changing, which we're going to talk about. But we also, to fix that area, have to put a little bit up higher. It doesn't have to be a lot depending on the patient's face. But it is amazing what a little cheek lift will do for a jawline or a jowl. So I think that's really important to understand that sometimes when somebody comes in and you look at your own face and you focus on these spots, those spots came from something else, from another like loss, right? Another area of volume loss. And another um, spot that I think is overlooked and I, um, women are scared of it, especially in their 50s and older, is lips. Um, the lips deflate a lot. They deflate exponentially. So when we see volume loss in the lip, um, it tends to look just like crinkles, right? We just get these itty bitty little lines or they just start to kind of what I call like the raisin, right? That crinkly, wrinkly look. And sometimes they start to go in. We actually get this inversion of our lip. And loss of volume and contour gets more noticeable with age. Putting back a lip that you had maybe 10 to 15 years ago is very easy to do without making it look fake. Okay, so... When we, when we talk about, you know, lip fillers, we can do it very naturally. It doesn't have to look like, oh my gosh, I filled your lip. It can look like, wow, you look very hydrated and like maybe you just had a great day. You know, you put some good lip plumper on and you're good to go. So, and by the same um, explanation, we can do the really fine lines above the lip from what I call volume loss up above the mouth or from repetitive use. Um, like in my job, talking all day. And what you're going to find is that even though you're not a smoker, quote unquote, smokers lines, that it's genetic. 
as you age, that volume loss in the lip and that volume loss above the lip is going to become tissue paper instead of cardboard. So what, what happens to tissue paper? It crinkles, right? So those crinkles stay. Whereas if it was cardboard or a little bit thicker, they don't stay in, when you were younger. Um, and you, we can put that back without it looking stupid or artificial. And I think that's one of the things that's um, a misconception, to be honest. And I, I would love to do more of it. I love doing a hydrated lip look. It's very, very simple. People love it. And it very no downtime. I mean, unless you have a bruise here or there, but it's not nothing crazy. So um, I think that when we talk about fillers, you need to understand that there's so many thicknesses and some are thin, some are thick, and they can absolutely uh, change the way you look without looking fake and not, um, and you pick the right one for the area. So again, when someone comes in and says, can you just fill in this fold? I may say to them, you know what, that fold is coming from your upper cheek and probably some jawline loss, which we're going to talk about. And maybe we go with a thicker filler like Voluma or Radius to fill that instead of just picking the Juvederm that's going to fill in that crease, which is a little bit thinner. So I think it's really important to, you know, have a good provider that knows what, one, what your um, progression is throughout the year. You know, how many times are you coming back so that we know stepwise how to do things. And two, really can look at the face with a, a more critical eye instead of just saying, all right, let me fill in the space. That's why you should have a good injector um, so that they can really fix it for you instead of just fixing the, the, um, the symptom, if you will, you're fixing the problem. So let's um, kind of back up to our patient for a minute. So if we have that same patient and she comes to me and she's in her 50s, let's say, uh, maybe even early 60s, and she says, you know what, I have this jowly area around my mouth, I have this chicken neck, and I'm really starting to hate my profile, right? I hate my jawline. Well, there's a lot of things that we can do with this. And again, we can go back to the beginning and say, all right, how much did her skin elasticity change? How well did she take care of her skin? Can we raise this with lasers? probably can get some benefit with lasers, but are we really going to get the jawline tightening that we need to make her happy? And that's when it really comes down to understanding your patient. But we can probably get a subtle improvement or a nice improvement in that jawline. And especially that little, if it's a little turkey neck or some um, neck jowling and they're younger, we can use a good laser to stimulate collagen. And that that should do a really nice job. Um, Morpheus is a great example um, I love, I love Morpheus for neck and, and jowly jawline. The other stuff we can use is maybe a Fraxel dual. Um, that's a laser that's going to target not only, um, a little bit of color, but it, it will dehydrate the skin. So it'll get you a lot of collagen boosting and, um, fine line and wrinkle reduction. So that's another fabulous one for kind of getting this whole, the whole face triangle to lift and getting some of those lines gone. But then we have to think about, all right, is she, is she a runner? Is she, a person who is very, very thin. I always joke and say you can be, <laughs> you can be thin for a long time, but I call, I say that you can't be, um, you can't have a fat face, right? You, you're not going to get fat face and skinny at the same time. So, you know, but I don't always say it so nicely. So I think that what we need to look at is, all right, is she running? Is she, got, does she have a ton of volume loss? What are her muscles doing? Is she, again, is she a runner and pursing her mouth all the time? So we need to think about all of these things to get her corrected. I think the most important thing when someone probably reaches menopause specifically um, or andropause for men is that there's a lot of newer, not I shouldn't say newer, they've done a lot of CAT scan data now on skulls and the changing of the skull. And I'm going to actually put this up on my website for you guys too, but the difference in the actual bone structure of a patient or a person from when they're young to when they're old is dramatic. So for someone to say to me, I want my cheeks back that I had when I was, let's just say 30, and now you're 60, well, how much, how many syringes is it going to take me to get you back to, let's just start with the cheekbone you know, the cheekbone literally goes backwards and down 
a ton when you age, so you actually lose that whole projection forward. Well, how much filler do I have to put in to get that projection to come out to a point where you used to be? Which is probably where some of this newer plastic surgery complements what I do so well, because we can do a little bit of that, and we can pull you up, and he can go in there and do some things internally um, with the fat pads to move them around so that we do get a much better lift and get some of your old structure back. So let's talk about the skull. So a young female versus an older female. And when I say older, I usually mean, I'm going to say like 45 plus, 50, 50 menopause and on. So, you know, reshaping the bones in the face, obviously we talked about is not an option. And we talked about plastic surgeons maybe being able to get in there and helping us as as well. So these CAT scans showed us a few things. One was that the under eye area or the eye itself, the sockets changed. So just when we thought we were like, you know, getting rid of these under eye bags and helping with the, um, the fine lines around the eyes, well, then your skull, the eye socket literally increases in size and actually becomes wider and longer. So what happens is the eye turns down, all right? So it goes backwards and turns down. How horrible is that, guys, right? Who wants eyes that start to sink back in their head and go down on an angle and make us look sad and frowny? And the other thing is that the um, the uh, brow bone actually starts to retract. So the, the whole brow bone that holds your eyebrows up actually starts to go backwards. So if you think about that, and then I already said that we lose our cheekbone. So we lose our cheekbone, that goes backwards. We lose our eye socket because it's wider and it goes down. And then we lose the kind of frontal brow bone and that goes backwards. Well, man, now what? We have saggy eyes with lots of extra skin because you know now it's sunken in and it's a, it doesn't have elastic tissue. We've lost the fat pad under the eye and we have all this tissue that's like extra because our eye is now sinking back and now we don't have the cheek to hold it up. So, you know, there's not much support to that lower lid anymore. And that's where we start to get a lot of these people that complain of the big lower um, lid sagging, right? We, we call them, ble- they need blepharoplasty, which is a lid lift, but you can do it on the top or the bottom. And when people start to lose that socket and cheekbone, um, that's when that under that lower under eye sagging becomes a big problem. So, you know, that's kind of your upper upper forehead, and and we didn't really talk about forehead itself. But when you lose that brow bone, and when that elastic tissue on the top starts to decline, what you're going to find is that every move you make makes a crease. Right? You get those nice vertical or horizontal rather lines. Well, those lines are no fun, right? That's where Botox comes into play. And, but then you have the women where they complain because you can see their veins right through it. Again, that's loss of um, the thickness. And then you're also, everything's sinking back. You're, that brow bone is sinking back. So you just don't have that support to pull it out anymore. And, and so let's talk about the mid face. So I think personally that the mid face actually makes the biggest difference on somebody and we love to talk about this, this malar or mid-cheek area. And when we lose that cheekbone, the other thing that happens is the jawline changes, okay? So, oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me back up. Let me go back to the brow. When we lose the brow bone and it actually goes backwards and it actually shifts a little bit down. The angle of our brow bone actually shifts down um, and a little bit less um, angled. So what happens is we get this lower set, flatter look to us where it almost looks like we're sad. And it makes the eyes much more lower set. And then the big thing is the nose. I get this question a lot. I do a lot of um, non-surgical nose jobs. So you know, I get the young people that want to come in. They don't want their nose job done, but they want me to put filler in there, which is great. I, I'm always happy to do it. It's one of my favorite things. However, I have a lot of older women um, that come in and men actually that tell me that they used to have this great nose and then they lost it. So the nasal tip, the tip of the nose actually starts to sink. And women complain about this pregnant too, but the nose gets wider. 
right? And their whole appearance changes. They get this wider turned down nose where some people complain that it's more like witch-like. Some people say that it almost looks just flat and a little bit um, like just less defined, right? They don't have a great profile. And what happens is the actual opening for the nose and the skull gets wider. And what happens to the nose? Well, the cartilage that supported it, you know, every all the skin around it, everything starts to sink. So you have this nice big cartilage up top and then all, or the bone up top, and then all the cartilage and skin below starts to sink down. And when it sinks down, it, it sinks back, back into the skull and around the face. So everything starts to drop. You can do a little bit of Botox under the nose to lift it up to stop that pulling. There's a muscle that pulls down. You can do um, Voluma in the nose to try to bring the nasal tip. We call it a little pixie tip break or a little nose tip break to bring it up. We can also work on the, um, if you're getting an increased bump or an increased angle between the bone and the cartilage, we can start to work on straightening that out as well. And all of those options last, they last about a year and change and make a huge difference in your appearance. I mean, it goes a long way to bring back the nose that you used to have. People don't think about nose and lips. I feel like they're the two things um, for are what I would quote unquote my not my not young generation, my young generation think about both of them, but my not young, I'm not calling us old, but my not young generation doesn't think about that as much. They're more concerned with everything that's hanging. But when you put back the features and the appropriate um, uh, proportions, it's a lot better. Everything looks a lot better. We started to talk about this cheekbone and the cheekbone is really what holds up the face. And once that starts to go back significantly, we, I, we, and then when I say we, I say me, I have a lot more work to do because that's when I start to have to fill everything up because the jawline um, starts to suffer. And it suffers from a skin perspective, but the bone on the jaw actually gets thinner. So when the jawline gets, the jawbone gets thinner, it actually goes backward and the angle of your jaw from the top to the bottom gets smaller. So it look, if you had a really nice crisp jawline, that jawline actually becomes less sharp and crisp. Um, and that, so the height of that lower jaw actually, it, it decreases. So it actually looks almost like more curved and elongated instead of sharp. And it actually goes backwards. I'm so sorry to say this to you guys, but the, the chin and the mandible, that whole area, the whole mouth goes back. Um, so, you know, I always joke with my patients cause I think if we don't laugh about this, we cry. Right. And I say that we literally just become like one big butthole, <laughs> right? We're just sinking and sinking and sinking into oblivion. And I think that you can think about someone that's older and everybody can, and they can just picture their lips and they're pursed and they're tiny and they're shriveled and they have little lines in them. And they almost look like they can't open their mouth because their jawline and their mouth is so small and so f far pushed backwards. Um, I think that what we can do instead of putting, we obviously I can't put bone back. That's the, one of the biggest things. The jawline is so tough to treat, but we can use fillers down there and we can start to redefine um, the borders of the jaw because we the muscles in the neck, which we'll talk about in one second, start to become less defined and it becomes like um, a check. I call it the chin neck, right? It's like it becomes all one solid straight line instead of having that definition. So we can come along that jawline and do some really nice contouring like we do with makeup um, to try to give you back your jawline. I like to use Radius and Voluma there, um, and it does a nice job at bringing that back up. Now, the other thing we can do is start to give you some um, lift in the area. So we can actually Botox the back of that jawline. And if the muscle in the back of the jaw is getting big because you have a lot of um, teeth grinding or when you sleep, you're um, clenching your teeth, we can shrink that muscle down with Botox. We can actually shrink the whole jawline down with a little bit of Botox and stop those muscles from becoming a check, what I call the chin neck. And we can start to um, use what we call a dissolvable thread. There are sutures. And they're really cool, actually. I 
think that um, in the past they've had a little bit of a bad rap, but over the years they've become a much better platform for lifting up the face. So what they are are something called PDO, which is dissolvable, literally a suture like it's put into um, an incision and it dissolves under the skin. But what we do is we slide them in and they're either textured. I tell people it's like Velcro. They have little itty bitty hooks on them or they're smooth. They literally just are smooth like a hair. And we can slide them in in different ways to give you either a pull. And again, that gives you a little more definition back in that jawline um, or even under that neck. Or we can slide them in as what I call support structure and with the smooths. And those smooth ones, believe it or not, do a lot. When we start to put those smooths in, if we use a lot of them and we actually hashtag them or put them in directions that are um, best created for support, meaning the lines would actually, at least in my mind, they're going to either come across the area you need lift or they're going to go opposite to where your fine lines and wrinkles are. And we're going to give you support. We're going to make those those, um, jowly areas have a little sling under them. And that sling will create collagen. And that collagen will create some lift and tightening. So the threads can be, they last about a year. They can be put in um, for the the smooth threads. You can actually put them in every six weeks if you like them because it's going to take about that long to make collagen. So, you know, I'm a big fan of these smooth threads, to be honest. And I, I, I don't think I was in the beginning. I was a little hesitant thinking, how much could these really do? Um, I have one patient that swears by them. Um, She throws them all around her eyes and actually likes it better than filler. Um, I have a couple patients that love it for the jawline. They think it's just given them, especially that little itty bitty area underneath the neck. Um, It does a really great job at just giving it support. The body responds really well to the PDO. So I think that's an area to, to think about. People get scared. I don't want you guys to be scared of it. It doesn't hurt. Um, very minimal downtime. I mean, maybe some bruising here or there. The I think the part that might be bothersome is where the thread attaches um, at the bottom of the jawline or around the mouth because there's a lot of nerves down there for a week or two. Um, we call them zingers. But other than that, it's really not a bad area to treat. So, you know, or a bad um, post, post-treatment, I mean. So, if you think about it, filler probably has a lot more downtime than these threads and we numb you up to put them in. And really they, they're just, they're just there. They just do their thing. So I want to put that out there because I think that we, there's a lot of applications that we can use for that, that aren't, that aren't utilized by most of my patients. And last but not least, let's talk about the dreaded, um, the check or the chin, neck, um, and neck area. So I'm going to go back a little bit to skin elasticity. We know that we, we lost the elastic tissue. It's kind of hangy anyway. You go to pull your skin and it, it makes that little tent that we hate. Um, then we lose a little bit of fat in our cheek. Okay. So we've lost our cheek. Maybe we have a little bit of extra jowly by our, our mouth. But then if you're like me, and I know not everybody can see me, but I have a pretty small jawline. The muscle that attaches from your neck into your chin becomes kind of more prominent and it sticks out. So how do we fix that, right? That's that's a hard one. So there's a couple things. We can Botox. Like I alluded to Botox in the neck and Botox in the jawline. And I think, again, I think it's underutilized. When we go to put a thread in there, I always like it to be Botox and calmer. Once those muscles are smaller and less prominent – then I can get a thread in there a lot more easily and get more definition. The neck ages in a way where the skin gets really thin. So we start to see those blood vessels in between the skin and the the lower levels of the tissue. Then we start to see these are horizontal lines, which I call um, the necklace lines, which to me are like crinkling, right? That's that tissue paper again. Then we get the muscles and those muscles, because again, they're, they've been working for however many years to hold up your head and neck. We lose the jawline. Some of the structures in the deeper mouth need to be supported more. And those muscles actually become more prominent. So, you know, to get those muscles to be less prominent, you know, we, we call it the platysma or platysmal banding. 
they actually will pull some of those necklace lines and make them look a little bit more prominent. And, you know, a neck, a neck tells your age, right? We always say that the neck tells it all or the hands. And it's because it's a hard area to treat. I do strongly believe in various lasers for neck, even if you just do them a couple of times a year or once a year. It will improve the elastic tissue. If anything, it'll improve the texture of the skin. So we don't want to not treat it. We want to put our creams on there, like our growth factor cream. Um, the growth factor and the peptide creams will help tremendously to make that skin a little bit more supple because that's the key to neck. That and getting those muscles to shrink down a little bit so they're not as prominent. Um, they will get bigger. You can't stop it, but we can definitely fight it. And, you know, when we talk about this mouth jawline issue too, I, when we look back, you know, decades ago, we see these, um, these jawlines that were much, much, much more retracted. And even if I look at my, my grandmother, um, she had pretty poor dental hygiene. So, you know, she lost a lot of teeth and then ended up getting, you know, some dentures and, and some implants, but teeth keep the skull from retracting more than it should. Okay. So we, we often don't give dentists their fair, fair due here, but, um, you know, better dental care and fluoride has really changed the amount of aging around the mouth. And I think that's underestimated, um, by a lot of people. So, you know, while it's, it's something I treat the skin, I treat everything else. It's important to keep those teeth, um, in check your, your own teeth, because that's, what's going to keep the mouth from, and the jawline from retreating and retracting back even more. And that bone will atrophy when there's no teeth in there. There's not, there's no reason to have that bone there. Um, so, you know, I think that what I'm going to kind of summarize this a little bit for you guys, and I'm going to talk a little bit about product, um, for aging at home, because I didn't touch on that too much. So first things first, that skin color and texture. Color, you have to do at home. I mean, we can do lasers till we're blue in the face, but it's never going to be gone, right? It's always going to be under the top layers of skin. And then it climbs back up and it grows right back up to the top over time. So there's lightning creams like hydroquinones. Mine's called Spot Erase. There are um, some plant-based lighteners, which work really well too, Then that they'll mix with retinol or retin-A. And Retin-A will help to get that stuff to penetrate down to the deeper layers of skin so that we can get rid of some of the color. Um, I do offer a 0.5 retinol pad, which I love because it's not another cream and it's not as irritating. Um, But you can also mix the cream with your um, lightning creams too, the Retin-A cream with your lightning creams. There is um, obviously lasers like I talked about to get rid of the spots and for tightening. I think we forget about, we, most of us know about Retin-A. Retin-A has been around for a million years. Um, but Retin-A has to be weaned onto or any kind of retinol for that matter. You can't use it every day right away. It's not going to work unless you have like really dark oily skin. And it dries you out. So you have to wean onto it. The skin will get used to the retinols or the retinoids over time. I don't want you to push through redness and irritation. It's not, there's no point. The other thing to think about is using what's called a growth factor cream, which I brought up briefly. Those growth factor creams are wonderful for stimulating collagen. And collagen and elastic tissue can't can't be made by any other way except for maybe heating up the tissue with a laser or trying to force the precursors into the skin. I mean, I'm drinking, like I said, the collagen powder. So we have, I have the My Collagen Powder. I have the Growth Peptide Cream. Those two, to me, if you're going to start something, that's probably the best from the last decade. Um, I love those products. The other side to that is the vitamin Cs. And vitamin C is a great antioxidant. It will reverse a lot of sun damage. It does lighten some sunspots. Um not as irritating as a retin-A. So for a younger skin type that's not on a retinoid yet, that might be something that you might want to do. Um, we love our vitamin C E oil. It's nice. It's light. It goes, it soaks right into the skin. And I also have a hyaluronic acid oil um, to be used with the collagen or without the collagen booster or the collagen growth peptide cream. And that actually is going to 
stimulate collagen production from the inside. It's like a fake, um, fake filler. It's a topical filler. So those products for your skin are what you're going to do at home. I always say you spend more time at home than you do with me. So you should be doing a, some kind of regimen at home. And you don't have to go crazy, guys. You know, three or four products, two or three products are going to be more than enough. So when we do these things, you know, obviously you're going to mix in lasers and mix in things, other things into the mix. But if you're not doing anything at home, then I almost say, why are you spending your money? Because 364 days of the year, you're with yourself. And maybe one day a year, you're with me. Or maybe more than that. But um, so with that being said, I'm going to close with telling you how to get to my um, products. You're going to go to mydrlori.com, M-Y-D-R-L-O-R-I.com. You can order any of those products on there, and there are more. We have acne products as well. And next time you come in to see me, we're going to have a conversation and a consult about your areas, and I'm going to tell you where I think you need to treat instead of you giving me your problem list um, and telling me where, where you – I like to hear what you hate, and then I like to tell you how to fix it. And I think that's important. Um, the dialogue needs to be there. You need to have the trust in your injector. I can't fix your bones, right? I can't bring that back. I would love to. But I can give you ways to hide and mask and mimic and try to make it so that it's a little less noticeable. Um, I'm about bringing back your natural youth without necessarily making you look like that windswept kind of fake look. Um, so, you know, you can give me an email, shoot me an email with questions info at mydrlori.com. Um, I did get a couple today. I will um, more than happily answer them and I'll um, put them up on my forum as well for you so that you can read the answers um, on my website. I just uh, actually launched the forum so you can go onto that as well. So on that note, guys, my, my product line is called the Contour Line. It is new and I thank you all for supporting me in that. And um, you can come see them in my office too. It's Refresh Wellness. Um, it's Refresh Integrative Medicine on um, State Street in Newtown. And I hope you guys all have a great evening. And um, again, my top four, I just got another request for the top four, is vitamin C, hyaluronic acid needle-free serum, growth peptide serum, and I love, love, love my retinol pads. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you for tuning in to Anti-Aging Unraveled. Be sure to join Dr. Lori Gerber again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again next week and keep you aging gracefully. <laughs>